0: Welcome to the Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live healthier, happier, and more inspired. I so appreciate you being here, and I hope you like this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Lizzie Cutler. She is an energy worker and a coach. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with Lizzie today. So Lizzie, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Rachel. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. So tell me a little bit about the energy work that you do and how you got into this work.
1: So I'm going to give you the like the elevator story of this because it mm-hmm. can go on and on. Yeah. I started teaching yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. While I was meditating and learning how to meditate and getting deeper into it, I started noticing that I could feel energy moving. Mm. And I didn't necessarily know that other people weren't feeling that on a regular basis. Right. So kind of something that I think I always did and didn't recognize or realize. And From there, I started working with every different healer and teacher and class that I could take and training I could take Mm -hmm. and just sort of picked up what worked for me and then left the rest behind. So if something didn't feel authentic to what I was feeling or seeing, I did a bunch of Reiki trainings and -hmm. the teacher kept saying, can't you feel that? It's so amazing. And I was like, I literally feel nothing, (laughs) absolutely nothing. So, but my hands would get really hot. So I would be playing, you know, testing on people and trying it out. And I would say, I don't really feel anything. And people would say, like, can you move your hands away? It's really hot. And I felt nothing. So I knew something was happening. It just, I had to figure out my own version of it and my own language for it. And through kind of taking what worked and leaving the rest and not feeling like I had to fit myself into a specific box and title, I created sort of my own own method kind of.
0: I love that. Yeah. 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 Cool, um, so how do you work with people? and specifically, like what type of people are a good fit for you and the programs that you run?
1: So the way that this all came to be was I was working with clients one on one, and most of what what I was thinking that I was going to do in the beginning of all of this, of course, was not what my clients felt like I was actually doing. Mm. So what I wanted to do was like, remove your money blocks or remove your relationship blocks. And I thought all these things would start happening. And what was actually happening was people would come back and say, that trigger that's been driving me nuts for my whole life isn't driving me as nuts anymore. Like instead of me having that fake conversation in my head for, you know, six days after a fight, like two hours later, I feel a lot better. So it was crazy. So I was noticing most of my clients were, successful, had checked all the boxes, had followed all the sort of rules and were professional, mostly women, but some guys too. So they had the condo and the partner and sometimes the kids and the good job,
0: Hmm. and they
1: weren't going to leave any of it behind. And yet they didn't feel good. It Hmm. just didn't land. It was a lot of, I feel fine. And I know I have no right to complain. And I know my life is really good, but it doesn't feel that good. And I don't understand why, and I don't know what's missing and I don't know how to get there. Or a lot of my clients would literally get physically ill on Sundays, dreading, right? Like Sunday blues to the max. Mm. And it was like, okay, if you have those proverbial golden handcuffs, you're not going to quit your job. So I'm not going to tell you that you have to quit your job in order to change that stress. Let's change your response to the stress. Right. So those clients are still going to be annoying right? Your boss is still going to frustrate you. Your mom is still going to drive you insane, but you're not going to trigger the same way, which then puts us back in power, right? So that's kind of how it started working one-on-one. And I work with people for two hours on FaceTime every three weeks and basically just chip away and peel back the layers of the onion of what is the old programming that you were taught that is not in alignment with your soul's true purpose.
0: Hmm. What are
1: you doing that you're living now? that is not authentic to who you actually are. Mm. And once we change that, then it's like, all right, the boss is still annoying and my mom still drives me nuts, but like I can recover faster. I can see it. I can see it happening. And so my ego isn't as invested in needing to be right or Mm. you know, needing them to see the way I think it should be or needing them to do what I think they should do. So it feels empowering. It feels like I can create more of an impact versus like, we're going to help you manifest more money or we're going to help you manifest new relationships. All of that is amazing and comes, but the root of the work is letting go of the old programming and all the old crap that we're taught that is just not in alignment with who we actually are.
0: Yeah. Ooh. So I know that programming can go deep and I also know that everything is energy. So sometimes like when you have these strong emotions or these strong thought patterns, there is energy attached to it. So for me, if I have some intense emotions, I'm going to go run that out or I'm going to go do Mm -hmm. something with that energy so that it's not like taking over or it's not like bothering me as much. So what are your favorite tools to work with clients when it comes to like working through the programming and the energy that
1: comes with, you know, things that trigger us? So this is where some of the I call it the magic. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is where some of the energy magic comes in. Yeah. So I'm able to feel where you're holding it physically, right? where it's stuck in your energy system. So is it in your solar plexus? Is it in your low back? Is it in your hip? Like, where is that pocket being held? And then what are the specific words that you were taught? What is the memory attached to it? What is, you know, like a lot of people will be in sessions and be like, holy shit, when I was seven, I didn't even realize this. My mom, I remember them always saying to me, like, you have to work really hard in order to make money. Right. You know, I'm working really hard so that I can afford all of this. And I'm trying to give you a better life. And I'm working so hard. And so when we start making money, we think it's going to get really hard. Things are going to get really hard now. Right. Like it. And if it's easy, it feels like we're not doing it right. Or we start triggering, we start self sabotaging. So the way that I work with people is, through muscle testing, through intuition, through talking through what is that phrase, that fear, that belief, that doubt that was programmed when you were so little that it's so nearly impossible for you to recognize it now because you've never known your adult life without it. Mm. Right. So it's like, I'm telling you the color green is actually blue Mm -hmm. and I'm tapping into that and then showing you how to pull it out. That's why I want two hours on FaceTime with you. It's like, this is not, I'm going to rub your back and tell you everything is brilliant. This is like, dig in. And excuse my French, but pull it the fuck out. Yeah. Get it out of your system. Yank it out. It's like I'm weeding out the stuff that doesn't work for you anymore. Right. So that it doesn't have that strong hold anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. This woman I was working with last week, she actually called afterwards and she was like, I saw my father, my birth father after, you know, 15 years of struggling and always trying to be what he wanted me to be. And finally I could let go And see that he was a kid trying to raise a baby and he wasn't Mm -hmm. ready and he didn't mean it. It was like she healed all this childhood trauma and was able to release her anger and just be there and be present with him and not need anything from him or it it just was like the most unbelievable, beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. She was like, it was the first time that I felt like I could actually be loving and have this connection with this man who did, frankly, the best he could. And I didn't need it to be anymore. I didn't need an apology and I didn't need him to own it. I was clear on my side, like my side of the sidewalk was clear and nothing else really mattered. Mm -hmm. So that's to me is like the, you just want to cry. Like it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. You said that like my side of the sidewalk is clear because like when you're able to own your stuff and you're able to, get into those childhood wounds and look at your belief systems and also release things. Like, I feel like a yeah. lot of times we just hold on to stuff and we don't even understand that we're holding on to it necessarily. But it's like when the same cycles and patterns keep repeating, it, it definitely shines some awareness on like, okay, well, this isn't working. And it's that conversation, like you said, like, oh, this doesn't really feel good. Like something is keeping me stuck. And when you're able to be aware, like, okay, you're stuck and you need to work through some things, then you can get to the other side where the sidewalk is clear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I always say to people, how bad do you want to change whatever the trigger is? Right. How sick of it are you?
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: it's not necessarily fun weeding, right? Like it hurts your back and you're tired and it's, Mm -hmm. it's stabbed a little bit. Like it's not fun work, Yeah. but it's impactful and it's it's fast in the sense that two hours on FaceTime every three weeks, usually after six sessions, people are like, I mean, I'm good. I feel good. Mm-hmm. So it is hard work. And it's the fact that it's impactful to me felt so good because like most of us, I tried so many different healers and so many different methods of, can you, can you do this for me? Can you take this off of me? And I'm willing to do the work, just show me what work to do. And people kept saying to me for years, step into your power, step into your power. I was like, I don't know where I'm not stepping into my power. So if you could help me navigate that, it would be super cool. Yeah. And so I feel like I sort of walk through the darkness with my clients, right. show them the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But like, I'm going to sit here and hold your hand as we go through this. Sure. And I'm going to show you how to get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you the next step. And that's where the empowerment happens. I love it.
0: So quick question. When you do the muscle testing, are you figuring out where the people are holding that tension from those stuck emotions?
1: Both I'm sorting out what the actual words are. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm literally, I'm asking your higher self and I do this all over FaceTime. So I'm muscle testing on me Mm -hmm. for you. So before we start, I'll say like, do I have permission from Rachel? And I'm just asking in my head, right? Like I'm asking your higher self. Right, permission? Are we good? And sometimes I'll get a no. And I'll sure. be like, do you need water? Do you need to pee? What's cooking here? Yeah. And until I get a yes, we don't start. Right. So then I'll get like very specific words that mean nothing to me. And then as you're sitting in there processing it, there's usually the aha moment of like, oh my God, I haven't thought about this in years. Mm. It's so wild. This thing came up. And I'm like, wow, so not where I thought you were going to go. Let's dive in. And then that leads us to the next.
0: Mm, Yeah. So, what came to mind is the concept of like fear and releasing and feeling safe. And I know that this like segues right into like our next topic of like talking about sex and feeling like safe and not fearful. So, I feel like this is kind of a loaded question, but when you're holding on to fear and you're staying stuck in like fear, What's the best way to help people feel safe? I mean, we can use breath practice, right? But like, what what do you tell those clients that can't
1: really release? Well, again, I, I say this word with total reverence, magically things tend to come up when the person's ready. Right. and I don't see it as my job to push you through something that you're not ready to release. Cause frankly, if you're not ready to release it, it's still serving some purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can point it out. I can show you where it is. And then I usually say like, just watch it for a little bit. Just observe it. I'm not going to take this thing away from you because when you were little, it served as a tool and -hmm. it was really useful. Right. I'm afraid of fire because it burned me once. Well, okay, cool. Hang on to that by the way, you're an adult now, you have new tools. So if you see fire, you know how close to get, you know how to navigate it, you know how to put it out, right? Like, and then it's a slow progression versus, hey, go touch it again and see if it hurts again. Like that to me, isn't fun for yeah. anybody. Yeah. And I really truly, not to sound so cliche, but I really truly trust the process that the release of a fear or a belief, fear specifically, because those are intense, is not going to come up until you're ready for it to come up and for us to pull it out together. Yeah. And then it's literally to your point saying I'm here with you and you're safe. Right. Please remind yourself that you're safe. Remind that little girl that she's safe, that you're an adult. Now you have new tools. Now you're taking care of you. Now right. look around, like see all the different things that you can do for yourself now. And just reminding, cause it's our little girl self, right? It's our little self sitting there saying like, are you insane? What are you doing? We need this. And just to sort of soothe her. And like I do this exercise with myself of seeing myself as like a three or four year old mm-hmm. and pulling her onto my lap and snuggling her in and kissing her forehead and rubbing her hair and rubbing her back and reminding her, look at how far you've come. We're so safe now. Yeah. We have this whole community around us and we have all these people that help. And look at all these things that you've learned and done. And like just that constant reminder of Babe, you're okay now. Mm. Cause I find that when my fear triggers, when I can remember, when I have the wherewithal to stay conscious to it, it's my little girl that's scared.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's always the inner child stuff. And it's interesting yeah. because you look at kids and they're so innocent, and you yeah. don't have this programming that you know makes people react or that makes people fearful because. Everything is so new and fresh. So it's like these kids come into the world and they are just like open and happy mm-hmm. and innocent. And then they quickly get scarred by things that are painful or hard. And it's almost like we don't talk about how we grow and evolve. And like we need to change the programming as we go, too. Like we yeah. don't have to hold on to those fears and stay stuck.
1: What's interesting is a theme that's been coming up lately is watching, you know, no surprise with COVID, like watching masks be put on and off. Right. And I mean that figuratively as well as literally, like we learn by probably, I mean, I'm watching my niece and nephew and by like six, seven, eight years old, they know through parenting and through like school and everything, how to behave in certain situations, which we need as a society and as a culture but what we're essentially being taught is what you're feeling in this moment is not appropriate to be expressed. Mm. So pull it together. Yeah. Right. We say to kids, pull it together. Yeah. If you want to, you know, or you're going to go sit in the car Mm. or you're going to go in the hallway or whatever the punishment is, right. Whatever you're feeling now that you want to express is inappropriate and we don't want to deal with it. So we're going to ask you to shimmy yourself into this box that we want you to be in in order for everyone else in the room to be comfortable. And I don't mean that with any judgment because we do need that, right? Like I don't want you spazzing at me in the grocery store as a grown (laughs) adult. But I think it goes so far as a a lot of clients that I work with, it becomes at this point, I'm not sure who is me, like Mm -hmm. what is real and what my real wants and needs are. And this is where all the sex stuff came up. Like I'm not sure what I want and who the real me is because I've been so conditioned to being this way with my parents' friends and this way with my friends and this way with my college friends and this way Mm -hmm. at work. And of course we have all these different personas and pieces of ourselves, but when we really sit with, what do you want? Did you want to be a lawyer? Did you want to buy that expensive condo in the city? Did you want that? Yeah. Were you told that that would equal happiness in some way? And either way, it's okay, but I think it's just important to sit and ask the question at some point because we're so busy getting good grades and trying to be friends with everybody and trying to be one of the cool kids and putting on all these masks to do what we think will equal happiness that we forget. Like, what do I actually want here?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that example of like putting on masks and also the societal expectations, you know, like that comes back to our upbringing and what our parents instilled in us and what our parents thought I mean there's so many people that go into careers or professions because they think they're doing the right thing and they think yeah it's going to serve them and honestly a lot of like kids going into the college process or the career world they don't even know what they want half the time like they're not ready to really figure that out no. for themselves you know So I love that example and I also wanted to like dive into the feeling of emotions and the emotional awareness that comes with this process because I feel like that's also a common theme like allowing yourself to feel and allowing yourself to sit with what comes up and allowing yourself to really explore and get playful. I feel like when you have the knowledge of what makes you feel good, you know, you can make more empowered decisions. And especially when it comes to, you know, partners and sex, like you're going to make better decisions for yourself and be way more fulfilled. If you're coming from a pure
1: place of like what you want and what you deserve. Yeah. I'm so glad you said the word deserve because I think that's such a huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that one huge disservice that has happened With a very like well-meaning intention, was the whole gratitude movement of like Mm -hmm. just think positive, just be happy, just focus on the good.
0: Right. Yes,
1: and if you're angry, punch a punching bag Mm -hmm. and feel it and let it move through you because denying it is just shoving it down. For me. Yeah. Right. I had to really get a, a handle on. What's an appropriate amount of time for me to sort of feel this and sit in it and really soak in it so that it can move through me and not get stuck. And to your point about running, like having those different tools at hand of, okay, I feel funky. I'm going to go for a run. If that didn't work, what's next?
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I literally have playlists on Spotify of like cry, dance, yeah, pissed, right? Like what do I, because of course songs like I love that meme of, I had to rewind the song because I didn't feel it enough. It didn't hurt <laughs> enough. <laughs> like, when we get to the good part of like an Adele or an Indigo Girl song, I'm like, uh, I need to really belt it out. And I really <laughs> feel the pain of it.
0: Yeah. It's because we
1: want to feel that feeling in order to pull it up and get it out and let it move. Yeah, And yes, work your way back to happy. But one of the things that I have started working on with friends and clients is like, okay, so let's set a timer. Like, Be as pissed as you can be and tell me everything you can say negative about that person that you're mad at for the next four minutes. Mm. And then we're going to shake it off. And then we're going to look around the room and think of all the things you're grateful for. Mm. Right. So like getting that literal about it of, I'm not going to let myself sink into this for more than this amount of time. And then I'm going to fight my way out of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. So much there. Like feel it, acknowledge it, understand it. Don't sink in it, <laughs> like don't yeah. sit in your seat yeah. too long and then release it. That release is the most powerful part, is because like you don't want to store that. And that's literally how you end up feeling crappy, is because you're not releasing things and your body yeah. moves, your body's very wise, and your body is always listening and always connected to your thoughts yeah. and emotions. So, you know, like. Something that I've been noticing more is like, I really do need to release that shit. That's not serving me. If I'm 100%, it, I will get sick.
1: Like, yeah, I, and we always think about like physical scar tissue. Yeah. right. Like you hurt your knee and there's scar tissue around that trauma, but the same goes for emotional trauma. And it could be something as small as feeling embarrassed in junior high or in high school. And that's what I'm doing is when I'm going in and we're doing those edits, it's moving those emotional traumas in order to create more flow and let that stuff kind of shimmy out. I don't think we think about emotional trauma as, as big a deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're saying like shimmy out and shake out. And, you know, I love that whole example of like how birds just like flap their wings when they have a trauma, you know, they shake that shit out and that's some natural way to let go of stuff
1: yeah I always think of ducks like they they fight and then they like swim away and you see them just shake out so beautifully, yeah, I love that too that's, that's the perfect. They're concept. shaking that energy off they're moving the energy. Yeah. yeah, it's such a trip. yeah, everything
0: is absolutely energy and reminding ourselves this constantly is so important just to be healthy. It's really yeah. like a matter of our health. and if we understand everything is energy and that energy can have weight if you let it have that weight, Then, you know, you can feel more free if you let it go and you don't let it weigh you down. You get a sense of freedom. You do experience that release and it feels fucking great.
1: (laughs) Out is out. This health woman that I used to work with, she used to say, um, more room out than in. Said her grandma used to say that more room out than in. There's more room around you. Like give it back to the universe. If you don't need it anymore, you're not still learning the lesson. The lesson's been learned and received let it out. Somebody else needs that lesson. Let them have it. Give it back to the universe. Let them do with it what they will.
0: Yes. I love that. So I actually want to talk a little bit about lessons, like maybe some of the lessons you've learned that have helped you create courses or that have helped you really get into these different conversations on sex or, you know, our wounds. Tell me a little bit about some of your favorite lessons from your experience.
1: So one of my, this was like an all time fave. So when I, I got divorced at 33, I was married for like five years and then getting divorced the last year. So six total. And I was 33 and felt like the dating scene would be kind of fun. And, you know, I was very hopeful. And when I started dating and putting myself out there and I started like hooking up again, And these guys that I was hooking up with who were probably in their late thirties at the time, early forties were, and I'm not one to fake anything. Mm. I mean, as you can tell, I'm a pretty straightforward kind of chick. Um, They were giving me this feedback of like, that was amazing. That was so great. And I was like, what the fuck do you think just happened? Mm. Like, we're just warming up. What is going on here? And I was complaining to one of my guy friends and he was like, well, that's on you. I was like, that's not on me. Like men should know how to please women at this stage of the game. And I had all this, I didn't realize it, but I had all this expectation of what I thought other people should know. Right. And he was like, Lizzie, wake the fuck up. If you want someone to know something, A, communicate it and B, take what's yours. Right. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) First of all, I don't really even know how to do that. (laughs) Second of all, I, I felt like I wasn't allowed to. Like it had never occurred to me that there was something that was mine in a sexual exchange. And I realized, I I think this is true for women and men, but I think it runs a little bit deeper for most women that just like putting those masks on, we are taught to be performative with other people when we're in a sexual situation. We're right. Like we see, I mean, I grew up watching like Beverly Hills 90210 and all those shows and like, You want to move sexy and you want to look sexy and want to play coy and let them come to you and then chase you. And that whole thing of this teaching that a man will introduce me to the power of my body Mm. and a man will rock my world. And a man will show me what great sex is and a man will do all these things for me. And it had never crossed my mind. That's my responsibility. That is literally up to me and why the fuck isn't anyone teaching us how to do this? Right. And I started reading books and I was doing um, like plant ceremonies and and doing different things, tapping into different sources to try to figure out what is it that I'm missing? And even when I would start trying to communicate with men and telling them specifics of what I wanted and what felt good, they would do it for like 10 seconds Mm. and then go back to what they thought they were supposed to do which is kind of a separate issue of of like, where we need to help men. Yeah. But I also didn't say, hey, wait, what are you doing? Right? I let them go back to what they thought was appropriate. And I just like, took what was available to me versus thinking about what I deserved. And the lesson in it was speak the fuck up. Yeah. And do your own work and be the best sex of your own life. So that No matter who's coming into my life or leaving my life, I can truly stay empowered in my own sexuality and sensuality and loving myself, not just in the the theoretical, like, I love me and I'm going to support me, but like truly loving myself in order to have the orgasms and the love that I was designed to have. And so stepping into that lesson and getting over needing to be a certain way so that a guy will pick me and choose me was heartbreaking and eye-opening. And I, of course, like, as I started diving into this work myself, clients would start showing up that were working on this in our one-on-one settings. Of course, yeah. And that was when I really understood, like, oh, I'm not alone in this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, most women that I was talking to were like, well, I'm intimidated to do certain things in bed because I feel like I'm not good at it. And it was like, well, if you're not good at it, why aren't you with a partner that is kind and loving and and compassionate enough to like work through that with you and show you and explore with you and communicate about it? And it was like, oh, that's too embarrassing. Like, why, when we're naked, are we embarrassed about anything? Mm-hmm. Right. By the time you're naked with somebody, why aren't you so comfortable and confident in your own skin that you're willing to say everything and put it all out there and isn't that what true connection is? And isn't that what we're all actually craving here versus like the hookups that I would have where it was like, I guess this is satisfying for them, but I can't really imagine how it certainly wasn't for me. Yeah. And so navigating that piece of, okay, am I going to put the mask on and hope that he thinks I'm hot in quotes? Right. Or am I going to, really, truly be authentic in my skin and be human and help teach him about my body so that we can both experience great pleasure and see if where it goes from there.
0: Oh, I love it so much. This is also so deep and there's just so many metaphors within this about Having power and being vulnerable. Like, I love how you're like, all right, well, being naked. I feel like being naked means that you literally do not have any masks on. Like, you are who you are. You're vulnerable. You're real. You're authentic. You're not absorbing all these societal, like, expectations. And I feel like that's a common theme throughout this, too, about, like, the societal expectations with, sex or jobs or money, we absorb so much of what society feeds us. And that may not land like that may not be what we want to practice. But we feel like we have to because everybody else does or because it's so loudly preached to us. So I love that piece. And then I also think of like owning what you want in life period and the story yeah. is yeah. one of the best messages to take home because it's like own everything about yourself and give yourself that permission to just be okay with what you want like understand that you want the things you want for a reason and you should honor that instead of like shoving it down and not listening hard to it because it serves a purpose. (laughs) Like it'll it'll ultimately give you more joy, more freedom, more pleasure. And instead of shoving it down, really listen hard and honor it, I think is really important.
1: I think what's so hard in that messaging, because I see it on Instagram all the time, right? Like I see these beautiful people preaching stuff like that. And I, of course, wholeheartedly agree. I think what's so hard is that for the majority of our lives, we haven't been taught to check in on what that is. Yeah, And so when I say to people, what do you actually want? And myself included, the answer is commonly, I don't really know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know that when I get there, I'll like it. And I don't know what I don't know. So even with sex and orgasms, I speak to a lot of women. And again, myself included, where when I was first starting this journey, I was like, oh, I didn't know it could feel like that. I didn't know my body could do that. I didn't know that I had those spots that felt so good. I didn't know that this is what I liked. Right. And that's kind of back to my point of like waiting for someone to show me Mm -hmm. versus just finding it. And I think women are taught to have so much shame and embarrassment and judgment and fear around our own bodies that for safety reasons, we're taught to always cover up and don't wear those clothes and don't flaunt and don't do this and don't do that, that we're terrified And then when we are naked with ourselves, it's like, you're not supposed to touch anything. You're not supposed to do anything. That's yucky. That's private. Don't show that, right? Like, it's all about hiding, which is valid. Again, like, it serves a really important purpose. But there's never a place where it's like, no, babe, you go and explore that. And you have all these amazing things that are going to feel really good for you. And here, let me show you how to find them. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And you're allowed to say the word vagina and the word pussy isn't trashy. It's beautiful and it's life-giving and it's not men sort of took it over as this demeaning term, derogatory term for being weak. It's like the pussy creates life. Fuck you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that. that.
1: Yeah. But like, it's, we have to get over the shame of it. We have to get over the, do I smell okay? Do I taste okay? Do I look right? It's ugly, like all of that, which is what a lot of women come to the table with.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's all absorbing, though. It's absorbing programming and and other people's thoughts. And you just absorb it because you're constantly like saturated with it. So it's It's everywhere. Yeah, it's hard not to think that way. But I also think what was coming up was like this exploratory nature and this playful nature. And that's our true nature. So getting back to the truth of being playful and curious and not letting fear stop us from playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, emotionally and physically, like to your point of what you were saying earlier, when you feel something play into it. Mm -hmm. And I love that whole messaging. Just play, just be willing to turn on music and dance naked and roll up the blinds. So you're dancing in a mirror and love your body and stare until you find something beautiful about it. And Lean into the goddess nature of your body.
0: Yeah. And there's a flow that comes with that. I think the flowiness of that is really empowering, too, of like just being, right? Like yeah. it, it does bring you back to the present moment real quick. It does help you like feel joy almost immediately because you're so present and you're so playful. Playful is yeah. a powerful thing, you know? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So tell me a little bit about getting into the groove. I think that's a perfect phrase. And that <laughs> that's honestly what attracted me to you. I was like, ooh, groove, <laughs> what's this about?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously I'm a Madonna fan. And when I was first talking to my friends about this and the clients I was working with, I was like, listen, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get myself back in my groove. Right. And also playing on the like Stella got her groove back, right? I was divorced. I kind of felt shitty about myself and I had to find my groove again. And so I had to start at the beginning. I had to start with forgiving myself for not getting here sooner and forgiving myself for all the times I said yes, when I meant no, and all the times I didn't speak up for myself and really, truly getting clear on, okay, I honor where I've come from. And I know that those moments served me for whatever they were there for, but we're done. And I'm going to make mistakes again. And I'm going to say yes, when I mean no again, and it's going to be okay, but I'm going to be aware of what I'm doing. Right. I'm going to be, my eyes are going to be wide open. And so I try to really walk. And, and, you know, some people will say to me like, Oh, I love my pussy. Like, and, and more power to you. This get into your groove was, was created for what I call my soul sisters. Like we grew up thinking we were supposed to look like Kelly Taylor and thinking we were supposed to fit a certain mold and checking all these boxes and doing all these things and never really having the opportunity to learn the magic of our own groove and of our own flow. And so I start at the beginning with forgiveness and work all the way into like, okay, here's how to explore your body and here's the science behind it. And here's the energy behind it. So I try to really combine the physical and the science with the energetic and the emotional of you know, our sexuality and our sensuality and how to be that ideal partner for yourself and really taking the time to walk through it. So it, of course, you know, gets to the point of bringing a partner into the fold and working with toys and lube or no lube and all the fun sex conversations that we could have for hours, because those are the best, but also dealing with if this is not something that you're comfortable with, that's okay too. And I'll meet you where you are. And I try to really make sure that the ultimate goal here is to not have any judgment about where you are and just remember you're exactly where you're meant to be and you're going to go exactly where you're meant to go. So, you know, I try to throw all of the different tools and tricks and tips that worked for me in finding my way. And of course I'm still learning just like in my, I'm just realizing this right now, actually just like in all of the energy work that I was learning, I had to take what worked for me and leave the the rest. Yeah. And that's how I start the course is like, I'm going to throw everything that worked for me at you with the full expectation that you're going to take what works and leave the rest. You're not, I'm not expecting that every single thing is going to be like, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's all about trusting that you are the ultimate teacher in this Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you know your body far better than I do. Yeah. And I'm here to have the conversations about like, this isn't working. And this is, but again, it's not about like, I have all the answers. It's, I have a lot of info and I condensed it down to what I think is the fastest route to finding that kind of pleasure.
0: Yeah. And it comes back to that whole conversation that you said you struggled with of owning your power. Like this is a power movement. It's, it's more about empowering yourself through exploring and understanding and teaching yourself. And I also think, what has become an epiphany for me more recently is that, you know, people have such a bad connotation when it comes to like, coaches, like, what is a coach? Like, how is Mm. a coach going to help you? But, you know, for me, like, I think about angel guides a lot and how Mm. angels kind of guide us on our path. And in a way, like coaches are essentially guides. And I love to just highlight that a little bit more, because guides are just Helping you, they're helping to steer you. You know, like the guides are there yeah. to like kind of push you in the right direction. And if you can take their help, great. And if not, it's also fine. But like understanding that people come on your path as guides as well. So it's not just like our angels guiding us or the universe always guiding us. The universe also places people to serve. Hundred percent. Us too, yeah.
1: Yeah. I always think of it as like how they now have those bumpers when you go bowling with kids. Yeah. It's like our guides and our angels are like little bumpers. Like, don't don't go in the gutter. We're going to keep you out of the gutter. Just keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's also like trusting people is important. Like trusting the process, like you said in the beginning of the conversation. Trusting that a coach has crossed your path for a reason and they've clearly been through the ringer and understanding that too. Like they're not just like, placing themselves as like experts, they've also just been through a lot of shit and they want to help. Like most coaches genuinely want to help. So if you find a coach that like really like speaks to you, like just trust it and just explore it. Same conversation of exploring and playing and trusting.
1: Yeah. I think it's important to to stay on that note of if it resonates with you, lean in, ask more questions. Mm -hmm. You know, people will sometimes say like, oh, my friend is working with you. I want to sign up. And I'm like, well, let's chat first. Let's make sure this feels good, right? On both ends. Like, let's make sure that the sound of my voice doesn't annoy you. (laughs) Let's make sure this feels really good to you because the work that you're doing is so vulnerable and you need to like showing up for it. It needs to feel good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest take home for all the things. Like, make sure it feels good and- 100%. You know, learn from what feels crappy. (laughs) Like, keep, keep that learner's perspective in mind of like learn from everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even the bad, you know, I think that what I would call the not as great sexual experiences that I've had, it's not that they were like horrific or traumatizing or anything like that. It just was more the shock of this is what's going on out here and it's like the wild, wild west. And I was a little horrified at at all of that. Mm -hmm. And then sort of taking it as the win of like, okay, this is what's going on. What am I gonna do about it? Yeah. What am I gonna, how am I gonna shimmy, right? How am I gonna change this? How am I gonna change my response to it?
0: Yeah, of course. Like learning from things is actually another power move. Like when you can learn from experiences, it definitely gives you your power back too. You just add that to your arsenal of like, I know this now and I can move forward and make better choices. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, make sure to check out the get into your Groove course and also. Lizzie, if you want to drop any other info, uh, feel free to do that.
1: Get Into Your Groove is launched. It's live on my website. My website is just my name, lizziecutler.com. And if you want to chat about one-on-one work or any group work that I do, feel free to reach out. I would love to, as I said, have the conversation and see if it feels like a good fit. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for all that you're doing out there.
0: Hey friend, thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.